Welcome to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. Scaling a sales team is hard. Pursuit sources top sales talent for thousands of companies. We've seen firsthand the companies that are set up to win and the ones that are bound to fail. But recruiting is only a piece of the puzzle. In each episode, we speak to an industry expert specializing in a unique vertical within the sales motion who's walked the walk and successfully implemented a blueprint that has taken their sales team to the next level. Come get equipped, hear from the best, and level up your sales team. All right. Welcome back to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. I am your host, Carter Hopkins, excited about the episode we have in store. Um, if you are on video, you probably noticed that I am rocking a Texas Rangers hat today. Um, and that is because the Rangers just finished game two of the ALCS and beat the Astros. Uh, super fun time right now in Dallas, Texas. Uh, man, I love October baseball. It's so much fun to watch. I, I know me and Dan even talked about it. I was telling him um, – just baseball brings back a lot of memories with my dad. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that we shared in common and, and always enjoyed together. And so now as I have a uh, two sons myself and getting to watch the Rangers uh, be in the playoff has been a ton of fun. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, I'm still rocking the Rangers hat. Um, and hopefully they've beaten the Astros by that time. But um, all that to say, it has been a fun time here in Dallas. So uh, the topic that we're going to cover today, I'm excited about. Um, and that topic is uh, how to hire for potential, how to hire outside of just the resume. One of the things that I've, uh, I've watched companies and hiring managers, mistakes that they've made, especially right now, where a lot of times CFOs are going, hey, we're only opposed to hiring six like we did three years ago, we're only going to hire one or we're only going to hire two. Uh, they're told, hey, be very specific in who you hire. And, and a lot of times we're, managers are getting that feedback and um, they're being very picky and very specific, but only picky and specific when it comes to a resume. Um, and so uh, our guest today, Dan Dion, is, is somebody that has hired off of potential and it's working within his organization. And so we're eventually going to talk about that. So uh, with me saying that, I want to introduce our guest today. We've got Dan Dion, um, who is the VP of sales at Review Wave. Over the last couple of months, he has become a friend um, and somebody that like I have learned a lot from. Um, and so I'm excited for you to uh, have an opportunity to learn from him as well. Dan, if you would, um, would love for you just to walk our, our listeners through your sales experience based, based back all the way to your individual contributor days and then kind of yep. leading up to where you are today. Yeah, no, of course. And Carter, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And it's, yeah, uh, man. you know, it's been fun getting to hang out these last couple of months and uh, getting out, hang out, you know, outside the office. And, you know, I learned a lot from you too. So uh, it goes, it goes right back to you. Um, before I do any of that though, let's not forget what happened yesterday, 19 years ago when Dave Roberts still second base and the greatest comeback of October <laughs> ever happened with the Red Sox beating the Yankees coming back three zero. So Let's not forget about that in October baseball. Um, so Dan's but, a Red Sox fan, if you can't imagine. <laughs> I asked him if it was okay me rocking the Rangers hat on the on the show today, and he said as long as it's not a Yankees hat, I'm okay with it. So <laughs> we're gonna after this too, we're gonna rechange it to Celtics podcast too. So just yes. nice little surprise for you. But uh, no, uh, going back to kind of the beginnings, um, I actually got into sales after I finished my master's program. Um, you know, a very naive individual at that time, being like, hey, you know, I got a phone call from a recruiter. I would just like to make a hundred thousand dollars, like. Who won it? I got $400 for my name. That sounds awesome. Um, wait, what's the job? I have absolutely no idea. Sure, I'll do it. I don't care. 
Um, and it was selling um, uh, business to business telephony and internet connectivity for a small regional phone company. Um, within five minutes, I knew this wasn't the right job. That like instantly, I'm like, this is not for me. And I actually stopped being in sales altogether. I thought sales just wasn't for me after that. So bounced around a little bit, did a couple of different cool things like director of promotions for a concert venue um, in merchandising for a little bit. And then, um, you know, had a decision to make to stay in merchandising or go to this really cool startup in the garage in Boston called Cargurus. Um, if you've, if you've heard of it, if you've used it, awesome. Love that. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hard work going into that, into that name and into that brand. So if you've heard of it, awesome. Um, you know, I joined the company. I was like employee like number 90. We were literally in a garage. All the cords were duct taped on the floor. Like it was one of those, we have no idea if we're going to be here in a week kind of moments where, you know, you're 90 employees in a garage just trying to figure out the whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, one thing led to another, uh, we did figure it out. Um, so I joined as uh, an inside sales rep, basically phone rings, whoever's the fastest to pick it up gets that deal. And that was literally what it was. We had 24 people just gripping and ripping phones for eight hours a day. Um, yeah. To say it wasn't fun is an understatement. That was the, probably the funnest sales time of my life. It was awesome. Um, it really was. I still talk with almost my entire team today, you know, 10 plus years ago now. Um, but I, I was there for a short stop and I went to outbound pretty quickly. And then within, I think, 10 months, um, I was team lead of the inbound team that I had just was just on. Um, and that was for a couple of different reasons. I won't get too much of that. But then after that uh, two-year stop as a manager, I ended up managing 23 people all by myself. Um we just didn't have, it's not that we didn't have the resources. It's like, Dan, congrats, you're a manager now. And it's like, cool. No idea what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, about two years after that, moved to another team to manage. And then two years after that, took over the director of all United States new business acquisition. So, cool. you know, from start to director is about five years or so before I became director. And then my wife is a native Texan. Uh, we just had our first child. She wanted to be closer to family. So we're down here in Dallas. Um, as much as she doesn't like the cold, I'm getting used to the hot. You saw me on the day <laughs> when I had my car. With no air conditioning and 109 degrees, that was a bad day for me. But, yeah. um, you know, so I'm getting used to the warmth down here. But I uh, came down here for a different role as a VP and ended up getting connected with the people here at Review Wave for an open spot uh, for the VPS sales here with a really exciting growth plan and a really exciting product. So uh, I had to be a part of it. Man, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, you marry a Dallas girl, she's going to bring you back to Dallas or Texas <laughs> oh, at she, some point. So uh, she's, uh, she, oh, where, she's West. She's Odessa. She's way, hey. to, yeah. You, there you, you go. They make their way back to Texas. I, I found yeah. that out as well, being from Louisiana. So, um, man, let me. I want to go back to what you said. You you were an individual contributor um, at Cargo Gurus, and then made the transition into sales leadership. And I can't remember how you said it, but basically to the point of I had no idea what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, I believe often, and we, we probably. I want to ask this question because we probably have a lot of first time sales managers on the call. Um, and we also probably have people that are in sales positions right now that desire to be in sales leadership, two very, very different roles, drastically, drastically different. And so um, it's a hard jump to make. How did you figure it out? What are the things that helped you figure it out overall? Yeah, um, I'm a big person that kind of learns from experiences and learn from making mistakes, that's for sure. Um, you know, my idea of a one-on-one was walking around and just getting everyone's commit for the day. Um, and when you manage 23 people, it's almost impossible to actually be a good coach and a good leader at that point. Um, so you learned a lot from failure. But the other thing I really had to learn is like, you went from everyone's friends selling in the trenches, talking crap about the manager, and being like, yeah, you know, I can do it way better than they can, to being the guy that everyone's talking crap about. So you got to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, so I, I, you know, I learned from just a lot of mistakes and I was lucky enough that about three or four months in another manager joined to take half the team. 
So I am reduced it to 12 direct reports instead of yeah. 23, but still, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you kind I, it's weird to say you have to figure it out, but you need somebody like someone else to come in to kind of give you that mentorship and leadership to kind of yeah. guide you along the way. Otherwise I would have no idea what I'm doing. And I'd still be sitting in a room just grabbing commits from everybody on a notebook as my one-on-ones. Yeah. So, um, but lucky enough, we were in a time when like you could throw a rock and get a couple sales in. Um, and like, I could just turn to somebody and be like, go sell me three deals today and I could go do it. Um, yeah. so it was, it was, it was a different level. It was a different understanding within the company, but, uh, or different, you know, sales cycle within the company. We were flying at those times. So like, I didn't yeah. need to be the best manager. So I got the ability to kind of make my mistakes and, and grow that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. We were talking about it the other day and it's such a, uh, it's a natural progression for a lot of people and, um, and it's, but it's such a different job. Like for me, one of the things that we were talking about is just how as a, as a sales rep, you got to completely lock in and focus. You close off all non-revenue generating ideas and like you are locked into what you are doing and, yep. and very well. The, the, the biggest thing is, is the, the, those, for those people that are on the call being independent individual contributors going to management, first thing you got to realize is you give up complete control of your earnings after that. Um, like that's day one. Like the second you put your earnings and the trust into somebody else, like you have to understand that. And then also you're probably going to take a step back. And if you are, especially if you're a high performer, like I've met several high performers that I've come to and like, you want to be a manager? Like, absolutely not. Yeah, I know well, I'm going to think- make, make less and it's going to be a hard road back to where I'm making today. So I don't, I'm not interested. Man, if you're if you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to go read. Uh, Mike Weinberg just came out with a new book about the first time sales manager, um, first time yep. sales leader, and it is there's a chapter in there that talks about like, hey, if you're an individual contributor and you're considering this, you need to know what you're walking into because more than likely, as a sales leader, you may make less money and you will for sure have less flexibility mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I, I will say that that is uh, definitely definitely. Oh, I'll even go a step further and say it's not may you will make less money. Um, at at least for your first year to two years until you can, until you can either get your team to the level that you could perform at as a high performer, or you remove yourself up in the ranks to director or VP or something like that, where, you know, what you're making as individual contributor just starts coming as part of your base. And then you're, 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 why do you do it? Right. Like, obviously Uh, I know those are, those are important things, but you've chosen to go down that path and done it very well. Why do you, Why? Yeah. Uh, a couple of different reasons. Number one is like, I, I genuinely love coaching people. I like helping, um, um, and guiding and like providing my experience to like help other people around me. Um, you know, I felt kind of just like locked into a box as an individual contributor and then like, yes, I could help people, but didn't benefit the entire team as that. So that's number one. Number two is just like, I just kind of wanted to be a just natural personality type of wanting to be a leader. Um, you know, like I, I could, I absolutely was a leader in the individual contributor role, but not to the levels I wanted to be. And then, you know, the last thing is, is, you know, when you're five and six years old, people ask you what you want to be when you grow up. My answer was always like, I want to run my own business. Um, And granted, like I could do that as an individual contributor. And that's the way that I sell for my team. Like your book, that's your business. I want you to run it the way you would your own business. And that's the way I build my teams. But you kind of don't have that if you're doing that versus like director, manager, VP, you have that kind of autonomous control not autonomous completely but like you have that feeling of like it's my business like this is my floor like so it's like i'm kind of getting more experience in the fact like if i do want to run my own business one day or want to go out on my own like i got that level of experience of i now see all the numbers behind the scenes i see all the hiring like all the you know i get to build all the plans i get to build all that stuff and that's the experience i was looking for so it's really a long it's a long answer for you but you know i wanted like it's more about challenging myself and getting more experiences as well as like i just genuinely like coaching and leading 
I love that. You you are somebody, it doesn't take long to be around you to realize, man, you're a pretty driven person and you're somebody that's always looking for ways to grow yourself and, and, and um, to grow within your role. I, I know from talking to you, one of the ways that you've done that is to utilize Pavilion. Uh, yeah. I know networking is a big part of, of, of what you do and, and uh, but would love to hear about how you are utilizing Pavilion to grow within your role. Yeah. So people don't realize this until they kind of have somebody, but like having mentorship, especially in sales is like the most important thing you can ever ask for or ever look for. Excuse me. So like, and then one of the things I didn't do well at Gurus was build a network. My network was just guru people, um, which is fine now because they've all left and I have all these just awesome network around the theme, like Boston and Austin and San Fran, like this incredible tech network just from gurus. But I didn't build a good network. So like when it came to time to like, I don't know, say I'm going to look at something else. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I only know car groups people. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was a big, and I'm not saying I'm leaving, but I'm just saying like, you want to have that network so you can bounce ideas off of. So you can say, I'm having a tough day. Can I give you a call? Or I got this idea, but I'm not sure what to think of it. Can I give you a call and talk to you about it? So you, you've got to have those people outside of your, your day to day that can give you different perspectives. Um, but then also the events are fun and like you get out once a month and go have dinner and share ideas and meet yeah. new people. It's just, it's incredible. Um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get to the go-to-market in Nashville this past week, but um, or the Austin one uh, in September because my son yeah. was like seven days old at the time. I tried to convince my wife it was a good thing for me to go to that. She was like, no. <laughs> and um, you have a me, very young have. kid at home, so yes. <laughs> yeah. I well, he would have been seven days old at the time for that event. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I go absolutely out of my way to go to these events because to me, networking is so important. Um especially when you know you're in a new role or trying to yep. trying to do different things there's every especially in a place like pavilion there's so many different people that have different experiences that you can learn from um because you're, you're thinking wrong you're you're not thinking hard enough you're not thinking critically enough if you think you can just do it yourself with just like grunt you know grunt hard work like it's just not gonna work you need those different experiences yeah man i in um it's become so obvious to me as I've had an opportunity to be around different people that are very successful at what they do. All of them, without exception, they're constantly working on their craft. They're yeah. constantly working on how do I improve myself? And like, man, I think, you know, often as you progress in your career, if you're listening to this, you're going to get hit with, with uh, where you find yourself in a role and you don't know all of the answers and, and nor will we ever know all of the answers. And we have to, to me, it's up to us to go figure it out and to go find ways to develop ourselves. And so even for myself um, in, in starting pursuit, you know, I spent a lot of my time selling at first and recruiting at first. And, and next thing you know, we kind of started growing. And then I woke up one day and was like, man, we have a company and I've got to figure out how to lead it. I've never done this before. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I went and found a CEO networking group where I can kind of get out of my day to day and bounce ideas off of people and learn from other people. And so um, I've learned way more th from that than I ever did in a textbook or anything else. And, and so and people are willing to help. That's one of the things that I've found is that if you ask people, uh, people that have done what you're trying to do want to give back. And if you ask them for it, they're not going to seek it. You're going to have to seek it out and you're going to have to go find it. Um, but they're willing, willing to help overall. So, yeah. Yeah. And then go, going back to, going back to something you said though, cause it's a really important thing. Uh, you call it the imposter syndrome, call it whatever you want it. I call it, Oh shit moments. Sorry if yeah. I can't swear on this, but I'm going to anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I'm from Boston. Good. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like I will, you're going to have those day one. You're going to have it. Uh, I'll never forget day one as a director. I got this like 
six tab spreadsheet and it just had an email that said, what are your thoughts? And it was like literally the entire budget plan for the entire next year. And I'm like, I don't even know. What I don't even know what I'm looking at. I don't even know what questions to ask. I don't know what to look. I know what tab to look at. Like you're going to have like, and that was day one. Like congrats to your director. Check this out. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but I'll, I'll look at it. I promise, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're going to have those moments and it's just a matter of getting those, those experiences cool. and learning from learning from those well, oh shit moments, you know? Absolutely, man. And I think like, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about in a second is like the intangibles that you're looking for when you're hiring. And I think just being uh, resourceful is, is I don't care if you're hiring for an SDR or a VP of sales. It's like somebody that's when they hit those moments is able to go use the resources that are in front of them and go figure it out. Right. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter really the position, but man, that is, that's such an important trait um, of people that are really, really good at their job. So, yeah. Let, let's transition a little bit, Dan. And I want, um, I'd love for you to talk about Review Wave uh, yeah. and just kind of, man, y'all have um, a lot of success. Would love just to hear what exactly is Review Wave? What, what, what um, issues and problems are y'all solving for? Uh, yep. And just kind of the state of your company currently. Yeah, we sell Review Wave. So we're two different companies. Number one is Review Wave. We sell patient automation software to specialty doctors. We mainly specialize in chiropractors and ophthalmologists. Uh, but we do audiologists, uh, dentistry, and podiatry as well. It's really, there's a big thing in that. It's connecting to the electronic health record system so we can get access to the schedule to send, you know, your appointments tomorrow, Carter, don't forget. Here's your check-in documents. Here's some other things you need to know for your appointment. So we can send all that stuff out and then generate reviews for those doctors after. Especially doctors, you know, they need those reviews to help generate patient growth and help uh, help marketing. So that's that's where we come in. The other side, we actually just partnered with a company called Practice File last December. Uh, to run instant um, insurance eligibility and verification yeah. for eye doctors because and nobody has it. You go to the eye doctor, like, yeah, let me see your, your medical card. No one has their eye card. You can get one, but no one has it because you go every two years. Um, so, don't, so don't print them. You can get one, but unless you've got really bad eyes and need to go a lot, you don't have one. So what they have to do is go to like six or seven different portals and log in every single time for every single patient and check insurance eligibility. So what we've done is bought this company that consolidates all that into signing into one portal or doing it automatically through their, their EHR. So our entire company is all built on automation and uh, making companies work more or making offices work more efficiently. Um, I could talk about the pain points of just those two sentences for the rest of the day, but I know that's yeah. not why we're here. So, uh, but it's really all about solving problems. And you know, I, when I do my boot camp with my SDRs, I have, I think I'm up to like 25 rules of greatness for my board where, you know, number one is why do people buy? No one buys because of good features and benefit sheet. You have to get something that solves them a problem. Yeah. Um, no one goes on to Google and searches for what we do. No one goes on to Google and searches for half the things that these tech companies do. So when you're calling somebody, you've got to uncover their inherent need to buy. Or yeah. you know, if you've done Sandler training or any kind of sales training, it's uncovering pain points. Yeah. And it just comes from asking questions and doing doing less talking and more listening. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you, uh, y'all have had a lot of success. Y'all have grown a good bit um, over yeah. the last year. Uh, and I know you've grown your team. Will you talk a little bit specifically about your SDR team? Um, yep. And I know when we had lunch together and, and we were talking through your SDR team, the growth that you've had and the types of people uh, with the backgrounds that you're hiring, kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So when I started, we had eight on the floor. Um, I have 33 on the floor right now in the last eight mm -hmm. months. So Explosive growth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of my interview process was like, all right, if you're going to hire, if you're going to go from eight to 50, how are you going to do it? My number one thing is oh, I got to build a profile. Who's going to fit this sale first? Who's going to fit it best? 
Um, we had some bumps along the way finding that right profile, but we found it. And and I did this at Gurus too. My absolute best, my absolute best person I ever hired at Gurus has like an HVAC degree. Never went to college, barely finished high school. Like probably the best hire I've ever had. So it's like if you look first at those just high level colleges, or like I only want to see you know Ivy League colleges for my SDRs, like you're not gonna hire anybody. Um, so like you have to look more at the personality traits and the intangibles that someone's gonna bring to a role before doing that, especially where we are um geographically within dallas outside the main city center you're gonna have to get i have i had to get you know i don't say creative but we're outside the big tech bubble in dallas no one's gonna drive from dallas to mckinney for this type of role so you have to think like who's gonna be able to do that job one but what's the personality traits can they fit in with the culture because that's number one for us is fitting with the culture they don't fit in here like they're just not gonna make it can you keep up with the speed do you like to have fun like our my floor is loud yeah. Very, very loud. I have three different bells that go off when something happens and I just ordered a massive gong for when we hit goals. Like yeah. you're gonna he- you're gonna hear us down in Deep Ellum from McKinney. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> um but we have we have music going, like we have bells going, clapping, like we have fun out there. So cool. like you've got to fit into that. So it's less about like I don't even look at college anymore. I stopped looking at college and like some of that stuff ten years ago. Like it just yeah. doesn't matter. It does obviously to get your foot in the door through the recruiters, and the problem is the way that I see how recruiting is right now is like there's so many of those automated softwares and automated programs that look for those key buzzwords and colleges and programs and all that stuff. And you miss all the good people doing that. Yeah, man, we just uh, like I said in the opener, we talk to a lot of companies and, and they're just, you know, they're calling us going, hey, I need to hire an SDR. They need to have three years of sales experience. They need to have gone to this college. They need this and this and this. And I'm like, man, I, I personally believe uh, you're missing out on a lot of A players that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for me, if they have three years of sales experience or, or they, you know, some of them are like, I need, they need to have two years of S, SDR experience. And, and don't get me wrong. There is circumstances where that does make sense. I'm not saying this is an absolute statement and that you do need somebody that has true SDR experience. But I'm like, they have two years of really good SDR experience and they're an A player. Why are they interested in your role? Right. Uh, like, why, why would they? It, unless they're a C player and or yeah. they don't have a job right now. Like, why? If your job, you said something earlier job profile when you when you created the profile for the person that you're trying to hire um, yep. is like man why would an a player that has do they're do they've been doing the exact same role at a different company for the last three years yep. why would they make a lateral move over to you and like the the reality is is they won't a c player will yep. or a d player will but yep. you're not going to necessarily get an a player and there's so much upside in hiring the way in my opinion in hiring the way uh that, that you're hiring. So I guess my question, Dan, is like, what led you to that? What led you to yeah. go? Because that's different. Most people, that's not what they're looking for, for some of these roles. And so what led you as you were creating the profile to go, no, like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to hire people that don't have as much sales experience or, or that, you know, didn't go to, go yeah. to college. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to uh, Guru's days again, where, you know, 30% of my floor were car sales, uh, you know, people selling cars on the floor of a car dealership. 10 out of 10 tech companies are going to immediately say no to them. I'm like, no, but personally for me, like I need that experience selling to car dealers. So like that made sense. But then the other side of it is like, and and then a couple other people were like uh, people that, you know, selling to car dealers is hard. So you have to think about who you're selling to at the first, at the end at the other side of the phone call. We're also not an email. We're also not an email sales company. We're all phone. Like my people are making hundred to 150 calls a day. My new guy, Chris made 300 yesterday. So like, um, you've got to have somebody that can have that grit. Not everybody's going to have that, especially, you know, 
we haven't had much success recruiting from like a Salesforce or a big company here in Dallas because that's not how sales is anymore. So you have to pivot with what the profile of what you're looking for is. So um, like a really great example of that is um, I have two good examples of that. Number one, I hired a guy, Gurus, who his only experience on his resume was the fact that he was a car dealer and that he was the tank commander in uh, a not commander, but he, uh, he was the leader of a tank battalion in the military. And um, this actually led to something completely different. Cargo is we created an internal and external resource group for military people wanting to get into tech where he's like, I've had people throw me out because my resume only had my military experience. I'm like, that's yeah. all I'm going to talk about because yeah. I want to know about you as a leader. I want to know about you as like a, someone that has grit. I want to know about you as somebody that if I put you in a challenging seat, are you going to fold under the pressure? So like, I literally only talked about that in five minutes. I'm like, this guy's going to be awesome. And like, you have to dig into that. So like, and then actually perfect time we're having this because I had just finished an interview for an SDR candidate who reception at a chiropractic office, already a bonus because there's some experience there. And then the other one was um, uh, they sold like different membership packages at a gym. No one's going to give them a shot with that kind of a resume, even an SDR role at a different tech company, because that you're talking about a year and a half experience post-college where I look at, I dig in. They made 80 cold calls every single day to people that weren't expecting it. They had a conversion rate of like 15% on phone calls to getting people to come in to take other appointments or other services from the gym. They had all these different things that if like you don't stop and take the time to actually look into some of those different experiences, you're going to miss it. And our process is you come in, you meet me. My interview is like six minutes. Like I'll know immediately if you're going to fit or not here. Um, Because selling the Kairos and Optos is very similar to selling the car dealers. You need somebody that can talk fast, think fast, work fast. So like you got to have someone that can keep up. Um, so my interview is easy and then I kick them to my managers and they give me their, their feedback and they were like, they're going to be incredible. So like, if you don't get through me, you don't get through one of my managers. But, um, so I got to find those nuggets of, of experience that makes sense for the sale and the culture and the company, not just, I need somebody that I can plug in and do a hundred phone calls, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I love it, man. I, I, uh, I see it so often in, in that, Somebody that's never really completely done that or had the same opportunity, it, there's so much more upside with that person because they, they may not even have realized how good they are at it yet. And, you, and yeah. you're getting to capture them before they realize it. Once people realize it, it's a completely different <clears throat> story, but there's so much well, more. It's, it, I'm wearing a baseball hat. Think of it from a baseball perspective, right? Like the 19-year-old the kid has so much more potential because he doesn't – you don't know what they can grow into – where the thirty-five yep. year the thirty-five year old vet that has yep. kind of been a seafloor, you know exactly what they are. And I would tell you is like it doesn't keeping along with the baseball analogy, it doesn't take a great scout to figure out the thirty-five year old that's been doing it for fifteen years. It takes a really yep. good scout to figure out if the nineteen year old's got it or not. It's a little bit harder, but to me, there's so much more opportunity um, in in the candidate that that's never done what they will be doing within your organization. Yeah. And then also from like a career change standpoint, you know, people coming from a career where you're on your feet all day or you're doing, you know, I have half my team is actually like door to door uh, solar panel salespeople that are like, I'm 100% commission based. You I mean, I can get a salary and I can earn. I got chiropractor that comes in every Wednesday. You guys bring lunches four days a week. Where do I sign up? Like those are the people that, especially when you change their life, not just in a career perspective or in a job perspective, like those are those are lifelong people yeah. and they're going to come yeah. in every day and fight. And you, you said earlier, you love doing your job because you love to coach. You got to coach those people, right? Like, oh, yeah. because they have it. It's, it's, you know, sometimes people want the plug and play because they don't want to coach. 
Um, yep. But, you know, for me, I, I believe in hiring off potential, but then you have to turn around and coach them and you got to train them. So, 100%. Um, yep. Man, I, I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Last question I got for you is tonight, yep. who are you rooting for? I know you're in Texas now. I know you're a Boston, I know oh, you're yeah. a Boston guy, but uh, Rangers play the Astros tonight. Who are you rooting for? You can't root for the Astros at this point, man. Like, they just one, one I got to see them lose and, like, their arrogance and the whole cheating thing with them a few years back. Like, I just want to see them lose at this point. I, like, no disrespect for the Rangers, but I just want to see the Astros lose. I don't care who's on the other side. Dude, I think I think as we're speaking, we just lost probably three clients in Houston um, as I'm talking trash about the Astros. But you know what? Worth it. Go Rangers, baby. Yeah, um, exactly. Man, Dan, thank you so much but for being I don't, on the show. I don't show. have a lot to root for Boston sports right now, so Patriots yeah. are terrible. Red Sox can't fire, can't hire a GM. No one wants the job. I got nothing good to root for right now. Hey, come jump on the Texas bandwagon, man. So <laughs> that's not happening, um, Dan. I've I've had a great time talking to you. Uh, I know that our listeners have had a good time listening to you. I appreciate your time and um, thank you again for being on the show. Okay, same. Appreciate it, Carter. It was, uh, right, it was a blast. We'll uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, man. Thank you. See ya.